When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show. Our mission is to serve you and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. And I hope your first week of 23 has been great so far. I know mine is about to get even better because I get to hear how I stunk it up in Clark Stinks. Later, I'm going back to basics for something far too many of us have credit card debt if you're committed to paying off your debt i got some guidance and advice for you and want to tell you we have a special co-host today we have grace with us krista is under the weather and she wanted to come in grace but i wouldn't let her because i didn't want to get infected whatever crud she has i don't want her here either and she wouldn't take a covid test Because who knows if it's the COVID. So anyway, regardless, she's not here and we're going to see how quickly she recovers. Oh, I hope I do her justice. Oh, of course you will. But right now it's time for you to don't feel any pressure. None. To present the most important (laughs) segment we do every week. Clark Stinks. I should have never encouraged you to speak. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right, pal. So, see, I already stink because without Krista here, we both missed the very beginning. It's all right. It's all right. Okay, Clark. So, this has been very, very popular. We got over 40 submissions, okay? So, you discuss Visa, MasterCard, American Express gift cards, and how you hate that there's always change left on them, and you can always never use, and there's always fees or whatever. And these are the suggestions we came up with. And you can tell me if they're These are from a bunch of our listeners that made these yes, suggestions yes so so you can put the balance on an amazon gift card and you can use that or you can use the balance at the grocery store or the store where you can split the transaction you can use the balance at a gas station or you can designate the exact amount left on the card for an online donation to charity how about okay, that those are wonderful suggestions so this comes back to Something I got a uh, rebate card here, and uh, it's kind of like a gift card. And this was the one I talked about, and I've been working it down. And so I keep using it at places for transactions, and I'm like, I don't know if it's going to work. And so it'll work for this, won't work for that. So I'm getting closer and closer to zero. And I like several of these suggestions. And I have to figure out how to find out what the remaining balance yeah. is because I love the idea of donating whatever dollars and cents are left on this to a charity. And so that's the one that I'm going to do. So why have I picked on the Visa, MasterCard, American Express gift cards? Because the value on them is hard to figure out the remaining value and spending that balance because of the declines you have at the register. But the other thing is that usually a Visa, MasterCard, 
or American Express gift card has junk fees attached to the purchase. And so if you give somebody cash instead, well, then you don't have to worry about it. We don't have to have these workarounds like, well, put it on an Amazon gift card or do this, that, or the other. The simple rule, keeping it simple, is usually the best idea. And gift cards are not simple. Yeah. It usually has like a $5 fee Depends for you where to you buy them. Yeah, it's right. too much. Okay, are you ready for our next Clark scale? Okay, so you stated Costco membership reward payments have to be used in-store. Not true. Kind of. Yes, you need to redeem it at the store. But if you present the reward for payment and your purchase in less than the reward amount, you get the change in cash. I had 259 executive membership rewards last year, presented the certificate for about 177 worth of stuff, got $82 in change in cash. Then with my Costco Visa reward, $500 card reward, with a $152 purchase, I got $350 cash handed back to me. Rich. Rich, thank you. And uh, I appreciate very much what you say, because that's what I do is I go in with my reward voucher for membership and I buy just a few token items and then I do get the rest in cash. It's just you can't cash them anymore straight out. You have to come up with a workaround yeah. and this is the workaround. That is great. So isn't it funny? We were talking about workarounds with gift cards. Now we're talking about workarounds with, with money that Costco awesome. gives you. That's awesome. So Clark stated that he only tips in cash on cruises. This sounds like a smart thing to do, but in actuality, he's stiffing some of the crew members that work hard to make sure his cruise is a good experience. When you pay for gratuities on to the cruise line, the tips are distributed between all workers, even the ones that you don't personally interact with, like the people vacuuming the hallways to your stateroom, the people that clean the buffet dining rooms, the people that assist your room, uh, and et cetera, from Can. All right. So I pay the optional gratuities to the cruise line. You know, the cruise lines all went up on these over the last two weeks, all the major cruise lines increased the gratuities that you may not be aware, uh, the prepaid gratuities, depending on the cruise line, may be an optional thing. I pay that. The cash I'm talking about is on top of that. Gotcha. The gratuities collected as part of your cruise cost when you're charged 17 a day or 14 a day or whatever it is. Those are divided up among the members that work on the cruise ship across all the categories, even non-customer facing. But I then give additional cash to the cabin steward and other people like that who we have face-to-face contact with during the week of a cruise. I'm sure you're very generous, Clark. You always have been. Those oh. 33 cents I give people, no. <laughs> it's changed. Uh, I have always appreciated your skepticism of cryptocurrency. However, in your latest coverage of the FTX, uh, you stink when you equate this failure only to regulation. The fact of the matter is that there are plenty of regulated business with bad actors. Think Bernie Madoff. That said, when something is too good to be true, it probably is. What you always say. People think that they could get 12% yields without risk is crazy from Drew. 
All right, so Drew, I must not have expressed my thoughts well at the failure of FTX. We're talking about an unregulated industry, but that is not what the core was that led to the enormous losses. Obviously, having some regulatory regime is normal in the financial industry to prevent fraud and theft. But even in a regulated industry, as you mentioned with the Madoff 10 that was all bogus, the reality is there are bad actors that get away with bad things. The issue with crypto has been from the beginning, and this is something I've been consistent on for years and years and years, if crypto was an actual true currency, whatever crypto it is, it would have a value that was stable and predictable. With the value of crypto, like for example, I read a really funny story in a financial publication, it's funny to me, probably put other people to sleep, <laughs> but it was about various uh, analysts of crypto, what they thought the value of Bitcoin would be by the end of 23. And the values ranged from $5,000 a Bitcoin to $60,000 a Bitcoin. Now, let's think about it. If I go into a store, I have a Dr. Pepper Zero here, and I go in to buy this Dr. Pepper Zero, and I know it's going to be, if I go buy one of them in the refrigerator case, a convenience store, it's going to be probably $2 and a quarter. And I know that's what it's going to be. But if I go in and try to pay for it with crypto, I don't know how many crypto it's going to take from when I park the car at the convenience store, open the door at the convenience store, go to the refrigerated case, pull the Dr. Pepper Zero out of that, and then go over to the register and pay, the value of that crypto will have changed four times in that short period of time. That is not real money. When crypto has real value and when it's something you can count on, it's when the value is predictable reliable and stable, not a speculative holding that you're hoping you're rolling the dice and you're going to hit big at roulette. It is a gambling activity now. And eventually, uh, there will be some form of electronic money that we can trust. It doesn't exist yet. All right. So you recently answered a question for someone asking what employers and companies will pay for college tuition, and you missed the obvious, colleges. Yes, many colleges and universities offer free or highly discounted tuition as a benefit for employees and sometimes their immediate family members. I worked at a snazzy college in the Boston area. Is there any other kind of college in Boston <laughs> other than snazzy? <laughs> and took advantage of many benefits, including 35-hour work weeks, free gym and swimming pool, art and cultural events, speaking events by world-renowned guests, and last but not least, free classes by College Boy. College Boy, I appreciate that. And that is a great benefit I have never mentioned. I remember reading a story about a college that had discontinued free tuition for the family members of employees at the college and what an uproar that was when that happened. And so that's an obvious benefit that I should have mentioned the free college education by being a full-time employee of a college and potentially 
for your family members as well. Clark, you don't stink, but your advice was off the mark regarding Mike from California and his two-factor authentication questions. The best solution would be to use a password manager such as Bitwarden. Right. Bitwarden, yeah. Has both free and paid versions, but I use the paid version about $10 a year. Within Bitwarden, each spouse can have an account. You can set up an organization, household, and add all shared accounts to the household. Bitwarden can also handle two. Two-factor authentication. Oh, okay. Two-factor. For each account, for you. So each spouse can check the two-factor authentication code without asking one another from Houston. Houston, thank you very much. I appreciate the suggestion. I still believe that the ultimate answer is going to be moving away from passwords in their entirety. Uh, Companies are experimenting with a bunch of ways to verify us. You'll notice now when you sign in at some websites that they're no longer saying that you have to give a password. They're saying you can put in a password or do this or that or the other, and there'll be different methods that they believe are superior to authenticating you are who you say you are. And we're going to see through 23, definitely a migration steadily business by business moving away from passwords. But I love your suggestion about Bitwarden. We've talked about uh, password managers. And then we've had the risk with, it just happened again, with another password manager itself being hacked, potentially exposing people's passwords wholesale and that's pretty scary in itself so passwords as a system does not work even password managers are a patch on a broken idea all right one poster asked whether they should stay teaching in a job they loathe for a bigger pension or quit now I believe a superior advice would be to discuss with management how unhappy you are and seek a solution together Perhaps change can be made to your current role that will improve your satisfaction. Perhaps a different position, possibly a part-time, has the needs that interest you. In my short 12-year career, I've been surprised on how willing my managers have been to help me when I've struggled at work. This has happened twice, and in both times, my job satisfaction skyrocketed. I know the original poster asked their question in a binary way, but sometimes we think I need to think outside of the binary from Ben. Ben, thank you. So what you're suggesting works if you're in a position that if the company said, fine, you're not happy here, you're out and throw you out the door that day. I saw that happen to a friend of mine where they went to express the things that they were not griping about their job. There were just some things that weren't going very well. And next thing they knew, they were gone that day. So You have to be prepared for the possibility that a boss may not react in a warm, nurturing, supportive way when you bring your grievances, gripes, uh, your concerns to them, because you got to really know the culture of where you work and the boss you work for. Are you going to love this one? For the sake of every American person, please, 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 please stop promoting fast food. 
I just finished <laughs> listening to you report on the average wait time at fast food places. Week after week, you talk about how cheap these places are, how you can even get a better prices by using their apps, how wonderful the prices are at Costco food courts, how much you love soda. I mean, I just did like <laughs> almost like a commercial earlier for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Oh it is a very God. good drink. Perhaps instead of quoting fast food way too many times, start quoting skyrocketing rates of obesity, diabetes, heart rate disease in Americans. Or perhaps start giving advice on best health insurance plans for those suffering with lifestyle diseases after years of eating fast food. Oh my gosh. You just said you could live anywhere in the world outside of the U.S. You would choose Italy, the birth of slow food movement from Regina. <laughs> <laughs> so uh really Krista really Krista wrote it under a Regina. fake name under Regina's name so Regina it's funny you say this because it is true when we eat at home I was thinking about it because um I fixed dinner for the family two nights ago and we had leftovers from that dinner for lunch yesterday and then I fixed dinner again last night and I was thinking about how healthy we ate at home versus how unhealthy we eat when we're out and about. And so it is true that fast food in moderation, I believe, is okay. It's got high sodium, calorie, fat, blah, 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 blah. It's how much you do it. It's like many other things like drinking alcohol in moderation is okay drinking it to excess not yes it is true a lot of americans live a fast food diet and the consequences are all the things you said regina and yes the food in italy is illegally good <laughs> i know you always promote a healthy lifestyle you always encourage people to work out you're also uh, a, a person who enjoys working out and exercising so uh, i'm going to give you that Clark shares some great advice about finding deals online when there aren't any obvious sales. He doesn't stink that bad, but one more thing that you can try asking a store employee directly if there are any discounts they can offer in the item that you're interested in. The worst that can happen is that they'll say no. I've had a lot of good luck in this way and get to meet some people. Some people are uncomfortable doing that, but it seems to work well for me from Jonathan. Jonathan, this is 100% true. We've heard from people over and over again. If there's an item you're interested in, even if it's not on sale, if it's online, to engage with a chat with the business, it's not going to work at a huge online seller, but a smaller one potentially. And in a store, people are surprised the success they have talking with an employee or a manager to see if they can get a discount on an item that is not on sale that they really want and it can work. You know what I have done? I have asked the grocery stores around my house when they receive a lot of the, you know, items produce and they tell you and usually the day they receive they run a sale before, the day before. On so the I asked items them, that yes. are going to go stale. Yes. Okay, so a few people wrote about this. Clark's railing again about reserving Airbnbs and not knowing the cancellation policy. But in fact, the cancellation policy is at the top of the listing right between the title and the description. Then if you select reserve, the cancellation policy again pops up before you can complete the reservation. Mike. Mike, thank you. So the point I was making about Airbnb is that you've got to know the cancellation policy with it 
and with VRBO. You got to know before you pay. And the contrast I was drawing is that hotels tend to have much more generous cancellation policies than Airbnbs or VRBOs. And that's why it's so important for you to know before you purchase that stay, what happens if later you can't go and what happens to your money. And so this is this is really the point is that it's up to the consumer who's buying a stay at an Airbnb or a VRBO to know what it is they're getting and what the requirements are that you're stuck with with potentially a strict cancellation policy that our lives have unexpected events, you could be out a lot of money. Speaking of a lot of money, let's say you owe a lot of money on credit cards. How are you going to whittle down that debt? We're going to talk about that straight ahead. It's time for us to talk about your wallet here. You know, every January... Like clockwork, I want to guilt you into figuring out what you owe to whoever you owe money to. It's one of the key criteria I talk about is for you, if you hate opening your email or going to your mailbox because you don't want to see what bills are there, that's when you know you have to face it head on and figure out what are all your monthly obligations, mortgage or rent, car payment insurance bills, credit card bills, utility bills. But right now, I want to talk zeroing in specifically on the credit card bills. Because as I was talking about in the fall, average amount of household credit card debt after declining for years escalated a lot in 22. So here we are in 23 with the credit card companies having steadily raised the interest rates on their credit cards, at the same time balances are going up, that's an ugly storm for your wallet. So what I want you to do, write down all your bills, and I want you to separately take the credit cards and put down the balance of each that you owe and the interest rate on each. Couple of priorities here. One, if you look at all the credit cards you have, and you look at the online statement of the paper one, you'll see that box I love to talk about that shows how many years you'll be in debt if you just pay the minimum. And if you're running a decent balance on your card, it may tell you 35 years, 40 years, whatever. Even if you never charge another dollar to that card, that's how long it'll take you to get out of debt. Then there's another box, the three-year box. It shows what you'd have to pay per month, never charging another dollar to that card, to be debt-free on it in three years. The surprise so often for people is the amount more you have to pay to go from 40 years paying off a card to three years paying off a card is not nearly as much more as you'd think. But that's just something for you to look at and get your arms around how much a high interest rate on a credit card hurts you. Nobody ever got rich paying Visa or MasterCard 17 or 18 percent. On that point, if your credit score, credit standing is still good, and I want you to stay on top of your credit scores, most of the credit cards you have will tell you your credit score just by signing into your account. You can see an up-to-date representation of your credit score. It'll be an approximation. Credit scores always are. But if your credit score is really good, 
and you're now determined to pay off balances, one thing you should look at is doing a balance transfer. And on Clark.com, we have a list of some of the best balance transfer offers available in the market. And that'll set you up for a countdown, usually 18 months, where you have a period of zero interest, and you use that time or very low interest to pay down balance. But I have a weird thing about that. What you're able to balance transfer to the lower or no interest rate card, you just service that as required, meaning paying the minimum, because during those 18 months, I want all your effort to go into paying the most you possibly can against your highest interest rate credit card. And you may have heard me talk about looking at the interest rates and ranking your cards in priority order, where you pay the minimum on everything except the card with the highest interest rate debt. And that's the one you're throwing money at. So having a goal, having a plan to not use those cards, not use credit, and being determined to pay down debt, you can't believe how much better it feels over time as those balances start to decline. And it's up to you to take control. We are here for you. And we have our group at Clark.com that is helping each other pay down their debts. And know you're not alone. You're one of tens of millions of Americans that have a lot of debt that feels like it's forever, but it's only forever till you resolve that you're going to attack it, that you're going to tackle it. And I know you're capable of doing it. If you're one of the people, though, who's not in that category, you owe massive amounts of debt that there's no way you can see yourself to getting out of, that's when I want you to go to nfcc.org, National Foundation for Credit Counseling, nfcc.org, and meet with a credit counselor, either virtually or in person, to come up with a plan to get out of debt. And if your situation's dire enough, they can negotiate with the credit card companies potentially a reduction in interest rate and a payment plan to get out of debt. Grace? All right. And I think you meant the Ditch Your Debt group on Facebook. Thank it's you. It's called Ditch Your Debt. It has a lot of followers and everybody helps each other. It's really good. So we have a question here from Gabriel in Iowa. I'm 19 years old and I currently have seven credit cards. I enjoy collecting them, and I don't plan on stopping. It's an odd hobby of mine. If I continue to apply and get more, will that end up hurting me in any way in the long run? I know there's a short hit on my credit due to the hard inquiry, but is there any other disadvantage? I never run a balance, and my credit score is in the high 700s due to my credit limit. Okay, so Gabriel, here's the funny thing. Having all those cards is actually a benefit to you because it means you have very low utilization and you show your wide ability to handle credit. The only time this could come back to harm you is when you want to apply for a mortgage. Sometimes a mortgage underwriter will look at the vast amount of cards you have and available credit and be worried that you'll get into a home and you'll say, oh, well, now I need to furnish it, or now I need to buy the 900-inch television, I need to buy the playset in the backyard, and blah, 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 blah. So sometimes the mortgage underwriter 
will require that you close some of those lines of credit. But other than that, you're all good. All right. And this is from Pelini in Hawaii. Aloha, Clark. I hope you and your family are well. I have three heart increases on my credit card that I'm wondering if I can get removed. Card- Actually, credit report. I'm sorry. A credit, credit report. report. Yes. One is for Macy's. I've had a card with them for 28 years. It is a car I use maybe once or twice a year. They ran an inquiry and closed my account without warning. I didn't know until I tried to use it. Contacted them and they said I hadn't used it within a year. I explained if I had received a notice, I would have kept the account. The two other inquiries were made for credit cards. One increased the credit minute and one lowered my credit minute. Can these inquiries be removed? And is there anything I can do about Macy's? I had that card for so long. So, uh, first of all, The Macy's card closing the account, this is something we're going to see in 23. As issuers get nervous about uh, the amount of outstanding available credit they have, people who've had no activity on a card may, without notice, have their accounts killed. And that's why activity on a card, if you want to keep it as part of your active mix, is so important. You've got to remember to use the card. None of the inquiries you have are what are called hard inquiries. The things that occurred unless you requested a credit limit increase, and that, depending on the lender, may or may not result in a hard inquiry on an existing card. Those kind of inquiries do not factor in your credit score, and they don't harm you. It's when you initiate an application for credit that that represents a hard inquiry. As far as Macy's, it's out of your life now. At some point, if your credit score is solid, you want to get a general card, a Visa, MasterCard, Discover, or American Express, to replace that available credit you had from the Macy's card. All right. The last one is from Paul in Washington. I have rapid reward points, and I want to book a flight in late February. Given Southwest uh, airline chaos, how risky is this? So, Paul... After an airline has a meltdown, they become typically the most reliable airline you could fly because everybody in management is focused when a company messes up badly and the CEO is embarrassed on national TV and social media and everywhere else. I mean, who knew the name of the Southwest CEO before all their mess-ups at Christmas, New Year's. Nobody outside the airline industry could have named the CEO Bob Jordan. But, see, I did it too. (laughs) There you are. Bob Jordan. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, I wouldn't worry at all because I think that after a problem is when it's the safest to use a service provider that has been in a big embarrassing episode And so I'm actually flying Southwest next week. I'm not worried. And I got all those free points from them. So I'm going to fly them as well. Uh, But I'm always willing to roll with the punches. And again, even though the bags fly free on Southwest, I'm carry on only. So I want to thank you so much for being with us today. Remember, when you have a question, consumer problem, anything like that, We, for 30 years, have provided free one-on-one advice from our Team Clark Consumer Action Center. They are available for you Monday through Friday. All you do is call 636-49-CLARK. Again, that's 636-49-CLARK. 
to get that free one-on-one advice and help.